And there you guys have, folks, coming into our show today with the song March of the Cephalopods by Soften the Glare. And as Jerry said earlier today in the show, that actually the basis for that group was the basis in Mudvayne. Correct? Yep. Ryan Martini. You would have never guessed he was that talented by listening to Mudvayne because, you know, like <laughs> their, their production was always so guitar heavy and, you know, he just didn't shine the way he should have, in my opinion, but... Yeah, much better than Mudvayne, except for their first two albums were pretty good. <laughs> hey, the song Dig is still a classic. I don't care what anybody says. That song's a banger. Okay, we're going to go into current events. As I said before, this is the Entropy Show going on our third show in within 24 hours, guys. Bear with oh. us. I got myself, Corn Doggy Dog, up in the building. That's Corn D-O-double-G with Chris, the Glare Entertainment Glenn, and Jerry O, Jared Birch in the studio. How's it going, boys? What's up? We are starting to really, starting to mind lack here a little bit because <laughs> we've just been so hard in the studio oh. the last couple of days that this is going to be one of our last shows for probably a little while. But since we're here, we're going to have a great show for you guys, and we're going to start out, like usual, with our main news senior correspondent, the Glare Entertainment. <laughs> I like that title. That I should put that on a business card. <laughs> right, and make zero money off it. Yeah. All right. Uh, today I'm going to start with music news. Author Dan Pippenbring <laughs> is uh, set to release a memoir on the late great artist and sex symbol, Prince. Um, set to be released sometime before the holiday season. Uh, shortly before Prince's death, uh, he met with a few editor editors, and he's totally on board with the book project uh, actually quoted as saying he's uh, committed to the book project um, he personally hand wrote over 50 pages of manuscript for this thing that are to be included into the book so uh, if you're a Prince fan if you're a music fan at all go catch that book it's uh, tentatively titled The Beautiful Ones and yeah if you like reading if you like Prince get that shit um, Moving on to U.S. news. Um, oh, wait. Kim, anything to add about Prince? You know, I'll, I'll go see it. I love Prince. Prince is like one of the most mysterious yet maybe gay, maybe not gay musicians of all time. And he makes some dope music. You know, he's kind of the first guy to use a drum, kind of use a drum machine too in his music. So he's kind of the original hip-hop guy, kind of, you think about it. Yeah, Jerry? I... Um you guys remember that Animaniacs show? They have, they're like dust. Oh, they're yeah. looking for people. They're like dust for Prince, and uh, like they find Prince out of nowhere. <laughs> I think it was Dot that's holding him, and uh, like the other one, like Wacko or Yakko or whatever the fuck their name is, is like no fingerprints, and like Dot and like fucking Prince <laughs> no. look at each other, and she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> That was on an actual fucking kids cartoon. If you've seen Animaniacs, go check it out. I believe it's on Netflix or Hulu. One of the two, but if you get a chance, go check it out. There's some good spots in that <laughs> show. Cartoons in the 90s is the reason why our kids why our kids these days are so fucked up. Our parents are wondering why we call it like this. Because you put us in front of a TV that had cartoons <laughs> like that on. Go to your room and watch TV while you're in trouble. <laughs> That's how we got kids of today. Oh, yeah. Watch 1998 Spongebob and Cat Dog and whatever the hell else. Cow and Chicken. Cow Yo. and Chicken. Johnny Bravo. Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, yeah. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Fucking shout out. That was, <laughs> that was my shit. All right. What's going on with it, Ed Boy? <laughs> The whole, uh, whole Cartoon Network roster from the 1990s, <laughs> courtesy of Jerry O. 
Alright, uh, I know I said I was going to do US news, but um, the US news opened, opened itself to a bigger discussion, so I think I'm going to move on to world news. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, coming out of Cuba, Raul Castro, brother of the longtime uh, president of Cuba, Fidel Castro, who died last or two years ago now, if you'll remember. Um, uh, their family is actually set to hand power down to someone who's not in their family for the first time in 60 years. Um, now, there's going to be a vote by an assembly of about 600 people, 600 political leaders or so, um, and they're going to vote in this election. They're probably going to vote for the vice president, the current vice president of Cuba. Um, his name is Miguel Diaz-Canel, and um, it's not really expected to lead to any radical change because the guy, uh, this Diaz-Canel, he's a longtime communist proponent, and friend of the Castros, so power will be shifted from the hands of the Castros. He's a puppet. Yeah, but it's, it's still in the hands of the puppet. Castros, is what I'm getting from this. Like I said, I'll believe when I see it in Cuba when there's not a Castro power, because there's still going to be a Castro. It's going to be a thing with Putin being the president mm, yeah. of Russia, but really, he's, the guy's been voted except for one time he wasn't voted president, and he was the prime minister when he wasn't the president, so I mean, what's the difference? He's still running the show. Exactly. And you know, the most interesting thing to me about this when I was reading is the people in Cuba actually don't really know what to do with this situation because uh, the Castros have been in power there for like 60 some years, you know, or at least approaching 60 years. Right. And so they've all they've ever known is Castros in power, mostly Fidel, uh, at least I think so. And yes. um, so all the people there are just like, what do we do? I can't imagine, I literally can't conceive a place where Fidel Castro isn't the leader. We've been doing fine in Cuba. We don't need anybody besides Fidel. So it's this weird kind of like a uh, personality cult that's evolving or like sprouting up around Castro, you know? And yeah, I hope the best for Cuba and yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the U.S. Do you want to know where U.S. current is? We're going we're gonna to a little time before we go to our next break here. But we got one more story for you guys here. Oh, my bad. Okay. I just like talking. All right, coming out of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, Memphis, the city, could lose up to a quarter million dollars as a punishment from the state for removing statues of Confederate president and generals last year. And... Um, the way they removed these statues, actually, was they sold the parks that the statues were placed in to a non-profit organization whose views aligned with the city, you know, Memphis lawmakers. Right. And um, the whole state of Tennessee was like, oh, whoa, what are you guys doing? That's, like, erasing history. We still kind of dig those guys, even though they were kind of bad back in the past. But, um... So we owned a little slaves. Who cares, man? That's all in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that part of it is bad. But at the same time, the state is like, you guys are erasing history, and so we're going to punish you by not giving you money next year. And... I suck it. I think this leads up to a bigger discussion about, like, censorship and, um, redacting or destroying versus acknowledging history. Do we know? look at it as, yeah, it was bad history, but it's still history. It's there to remind us, like, this is what happened, you know, like, exactly about this. As bad history as it, would have, as, as it was, it serves as a reminder to people. And taking it down is never the answer. Whether it, it people want it, people are wrong for the right reasons, but people are also right for the wrong reasons in this, in this 
in this situation. Exactly. And uh, I really don't know which side I stand on because I'm down for not being a racist and like not committing treason. And I'm also down for not erasing history because the only way you're going to not repeat it is if you know it. But at the same time, how does a statue represent racism? You know what I mean? I think the way that it evolves... It's just a like, statue. I see Jared's coming. Yeah. It's just a statue. In all cases, it's a piece of marble. That's, yeah. And a big thing about it is, to too, like, people let it get to them, you know? People that are offended by it, it's your choice to be offended by something, really. But um, also, I think it's because those people had some kind of shifty ideas and things that a lot of people now don't agree with. So I can understand why people would, first off, not want to talk about it, but then go even further and get rid of a statue that reminds them of it. But to be honest, I think I'm more on the side of leaving the statues there and telling them more of the bad that happened instead of like trying to erase everything, you know? No, I, I understand that exactly. Well, this has been Current Events with our senior, senior news correspondent, Christy Glen Entertainment. We're going to keep moving on in some music here. This has been the Entropy Show. Follow us on Twitter at Entropy Show. That's at Entropy Show. Or check out our past episodes on SoundCloud at Corn Dog. That's Corn D O G Productions. Here comes some more music coming right at you guys. And before and up next will be our top new top 10 list. Top 10. Legendary classic metal guitarists. This is me, the Corn Dog, with Jerry O and Legal Entertainment on the Entropy Radio Show. Here is STP by Sublime off their album Robin the Hood, right here on the Entropy Radio Show.
you think it's over? Countdown, it's getting colder. was on and on by mustard plug we are back on the entropy show follow us at entropy show on twitter at corn dog that's corn d-o-double-g productions on soundcloud um we're gonna get into another top 10 list for you guys um this time following in the vein of the guitarist from yesterday we're going with top 10 classic metal guitarists this is where it's gonna get real fun because this is kind of i think what we all grew up listening to more than the hard rock side of things you know no, no, absolutely, absolutely. So this is like kind of our start from in the uh, in the whole metal scene started usually with the classic. Listen to heavy metal with your dad in the ra- in the in the car. I mean, sorry, Chris, you know, I don't have a dad, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how I I acquired my love for heavy metal was just driving around looking for deer with my old man. You know, there'd be Metallica playing on the radio, and I'd be like, this is. This is too cool not to listen to, you know? Absolutely. One of my first memories ever is uh, singing Enter Sandman while I'm driving in the car just with my uncle, my Uncle Corey. Shout out to you. And um, just, I didn't know the words, and I thought it was the funniest thing ever looking back on it. But it's just a really good memory. Uh, Old school metal. Check that shit out. But, okay, we're going to get into the list here. Um, A bit controversial here. Number 10, I got Dave Mustaine. I also have Dave Mustaine on my list. Like I said, Chris, number says I do not. I don't believe in a rank system because you cannot really rank 10 to 1. But we do it on Chris's side just so we can get a little bit of 
subjectivity to it and objectivity <laughs> to it. So you can rip us later on. Uh, Luke D has been ripping us this morning for our last list when you finally listened to him. You got <laughs> oh, yeah. for him hard. He was mad Pete Townsend didn't get a shout out. Or Angus Young. He was not happy. He was not pleased with our list this I can morning. feel that, though. Like or, Ke- said, or Keith Richards. He was really upset that none of those three made the list. I can totally feel that. And the thing about the list is they're pretty biased toward what influenced us. So that is why they didn't make my list. If you got a problem with it, at me, fucking right. Twitter. I, I just told him, if you don't like it, then make your own fucking list next time. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, do some actual fucking work. <laughs> All right, moving on. Number nine. This is where a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I put Kirk Hammett above Dave Mustaine at number nine. I'll give you guys a little teaser. I didn't even put Kirk Hammett on my list. I mean, he's great and all. I just, I just kind of forgot about him. And I just wanted to make a proof point that Damon Stain was a better guitarist than Kirk Hammond. Man, no questions asked. Look at any Megadeth song or any Megadeth solo and compare it to a Kirk Hammond solo where it's just wah-laden, like, droning out on, like, maybe, like, six to eight notes. There's no comparison. The only difference is that Damon Stain was a huge drunk asshole, and that's why he didn't last very long in Metallica. <laughs> hey, that's why I like him more, though, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> he like the best part about it is he literally made Megadeth on the fact of pure hatred for Metallica. <laughs> I read an interview of his one time, and uh, it was like this agent that he had or something, and he was talking about he was going to this production place, right? Talking about Megadeth and Dave Mustaine. He's like, "Yo, I have this kid here who's trying to form a band, saying that he wants to make the meanest, fastest, nastiest metal there is." And I think he's telling the truth. And that's how Megadeth got in the studio for their fucking album. I shit you not. Anyway, going on to number... To number eight. eight here. Um, this is getting pretty metal with things. I got Chuck Schuldner from Death. Ooh, there we go. That's a great pick. Yeah. Obviously, people yeah. know Chuck Schuldner is one of the original creators of the genre now known as Death Metal. Obviously, the band Death, Death Metal makes a lot more sense. Yeah, starting absolutely. Out with the flo- starting out in the East Coast, Death Metal in Florida. Guy did crazy things. Jerry, anything to add about uh, Death Metal? Well, I think that, like, a reason why he fits in particular was because Death came out in, you know, 1984. And I think that another band that's really overlooked is Vader, who also came... They came out in 1983, uh... By the uh, guitarist Zbigniewowicz Robertowski, they're they're Polish. Right? Yeah, give them okay, a give me a fucking break, people. They're <laughs> yeah, Polish as people fuck. People know Vader is people that know Vader was because they were German or they're Polish and they're from Europe. Somebody heard them until like the nineties. Vader, if you haven't even listened to Vader, go check them out because Vader is oh, a great, great band and they're the still beast. making music. Today. The Beast came out in two thousand six, one of the greatest death metal albums I have ever heard in my entire life. They are still kicking out fucking. Or if you guys world. want to try their newest album, Dark Ages came out last December, go check it out. It's also a freaking banger. Oh, yeah. They're still banging out music, it's great. Anyway, oh, we're going Chuck, on. To- Chuck Schildiner, you are missed. Too bad that <laughs> cancer got to you. Right, no kidding. Number seven, Chrissy. Alright. <clears throat> Number seven. I have the better guitarist for Megadeth, Marty Friedman. Now we're just throwing bows on people. Oh, I will throw those bows. I will go to bat for Marty Friedman over Dave Mustaine <laughs> any day. Marty Friedman, that's got to be Jewish. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I thought, he was a, I thought he was the record producer, not the uh, guitarist. No, he was the guitarist. He did uh, Tornado of Souls, that crazy-ass solo that everybody tries to play. That's him on that record. Huh. Wait, so you, you don't have Kerry King or uh, Jeff 
on this list, do ya? I don't. I'm not much of a Slayer fan, to be honest. <laughs> There's no one. You can debate us now and later, too, if you guys like on Entropy Show. That's at Entropy Show on Twitter. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll go into my general mediocrity of Slayer later. But moving on to number six in the list, I've got the notorious duo uh, Glenn Tipton, K.K. Downing, Judas Priest. I just had K.K. Downing on my list, but yes, obviously Glenn Tipton as well, too. But I mean, how do you have one without the other? Right. That's kind of what exactly. they're known the thing for, about metal is, is that guitar you're harmonies. Right? Yeah. I actually got the more famous guy on my list, so people would know who the fuck I was talking about. Yeah. yeah obviously, I have KK Downing from Judas Priest, and I probably have another one. You're probably going to list out here pretty shortly. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Number five on the list, I've got Joe Satriani. I figured he could count mm-hmm. in it because he's more. He's, he's. Of all the virtuosos, I feel like he's the most, like, chuggy, hardcore, you know, like, driving of them. And I feel like he fits in it. Joe Satriani. I'll give it to you. That's a good, it's a good pick. All right. Moving on to the other guitar duo that I have from Iron Maiden. We've got Dave Murray and Adrian Smith. I also have Dave Murray and Adrian Smith on my list as well, too, as a duo. All right. One I mean, would not be one without the other. Right. And that actually, now they're actually rolling with three guitars now in their newer recordings. So oh, I mean, yeah. They're just terrible. They're, just they're doing the old Skinner thing, huh? They're, I guess so. They're yeah, trying to yeah. Skinner metal, I guess. And the thing is, we were watching them on that uh, MTV Live channel the other day, Jerry. You remember? And uh, they have three guitarists, and they all shred. They're so fucking good, and they're all so tasty. So hats off to those guys for being like 60 and still kicking ass. Right, no kidding. Number three, Chris. All right. Breaking into the top three, uh, a repeat from yesterday's. I've got Tony Iommi, Godfather of Metal. Um, there's no, there's, I'm not going to dispute anything on Tony Iommi. He's got his name says enough yeah he was definitely the first to do it but i feel like some other people on your list um more so perfected it instead of being a pioneer i like i owe me better on the classic list than i do on this list but to each his own yeah i think you just have to put him in there because without tony iomi's guitar playing a lot of these guys wouldn't even be on the list you know what i'm saying you know what's crazy about him is he played mostly in a and he just used really heavy thick gauge strings he didn't really? play, yeah, all his songs aren't on the bottom E string, he plays an A most of the time. That's really crazy, actually, and it sounds so heavy. Alright. Now, another repeat from yesterday that didn't count, but this time is definitely going to count. Shouts to the late, great Dimebag Daryl from Pine yeah. or Pantera. I, to that. I don't actually have Dimebag Daryl, probably. If I actually ranked mine out there on a straight, just sludginess and technique and just overall sound, Dimebag is probably the best metal guitarist. <laughs> all around, all around classic metal guitarist. Obviously, yeah. with Pantera and Damage Control, and then obviously everybody knows. Go watch the YouTube video, you'll know what I'm talking about. Are we, were you thinking of Damage Plan? Damage Plan, sorry, not Damage Control. Good call, Jerry. Thank you yeah. for correcting me on radio. If you guys ever catch us messing up, just check us out at, at Edge Street Radio Show, and we'll check the replay. And if you're right, then we will give you guys bonus points, as Luke pointed out. I'm not sure what that means, but maybe we'll kiss your ass a couple times. We'll see how it goes. Or maybe we'll get you like a couple breakfast sandwiches from McDonald's. One outside the pants hand job. <laughs> <laughs> From Jerry O himself, and I heard he gets great blanches. <laughs> Alright, number one on my list, you guys know how biased I am, Randy Rhodes. I know he kind of is more in the rock vein, but Ozzy got pretty metal at times, dude, and I 
am just so biased toward Randy Rhodes. I'm gonna honestly be honest, I had Randy Rhodes on my list as well too. I am, he was one of the lower guys on my list, but he's definitely on the top 10. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm not saying that he does not deserve to be on this list by any means because he does, but I, I, I wouldn't pick him as number one, that's for sure. Yeah, like I said, I'm really, really biased toward him because like, when I think of lead guitar, I think melody and technique and speed and clarity, but also feel. And that's the main thing that I think Randy Rhodes had above a lot of these people on the list. One notable exception, perhaps, like you were saying, Dimebag Daryl. That guy lived, breathed, and fucked metal. Truer words have never been spoken by Chris Glenn Entertainment right there. We're going to keep it going, though. Here's my honorable mentions on my top five. You had a pretty good list, but here's something I thought of, too, on the side that you did not have. We had five that were the same, I believe, or four. One of the two in there somewhere. Let's hear it. So I have, nobody talked about Matthias Jabs from the Scorpions. Oh, starting, starting that's the a good one. Metal. That's I mean, a good one, dude. Scorpions made some kick-ass albums in the early 80s. Kick-ass The albums. Zoo? Fucking the zoo, phenomenal animal, album. Animal Magnetism. I mean, great, great album. I don't think I ever owned any of their actual albums, but I did pick uh, up we like had, a, My dad had like three of them on cassette tape. We had Blackout, oh. and we had Animal Magnetism, and we had one more too, and they were just bangers of cassettes that I used to listen to when I was a kid. Oh, man. I also, I know it's kind of a late, a late metal pick, but I had Jerry Cantrell. Have you listened to the early okay. Alice in Chains, like, Facelift? That's a, it's definitely a blend of, of metal and grunge. It's definitely it's on that the bridge harder in side between. of grunge. Definitely. And, you know, I feel like if you can go as far into the, you know, Jerry Cantrell and the grunge, I feel like, you know, someone who might deserve a shout-out is Trey Azagtoth from Morbid Angel. You know, they came out and I think um, Altars of Madness came out in 89, if I'm not mistaken. It could have been 88, but, you know, that's right up there when Jerry Back Cantrell came out. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll pull it up on Wikipedia right now. That website never lies. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> As you look at that up, I have two. I have four more to go here. I had Rocky George on Suicidal Tendencies, honestly. Okay. Made, okay. Out, yeah. out of the core guys. I mean, I'm a huge suicidal guy, but a lot of people forget about them. <laughs> yeah. the, I think they're part of the big five. You, so I'm calling oh, the definitely, four. definitely. So, I also have lit as you had for death. I went to the West Coast death metal with oh. Lur, with Larry Lalonde, oh. who started with Possession at the age of 16, and then eventually moved over to a band, a little known band known as Oh Yeah Primus. Yep, Altars of Madness came out in '89. There you go, '89. Good call, Jerry. Uh, I got that, two left. That's for not you saying that the band didn't form in 1983, though. So they were, they were there for most just, of the 80s. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> they were just yeah. chilling. They only had about 13 line time. changes till 88, but you know, they were there. <laughs> <laughs> also on the list, I have Steve Vai, obviously virtuoso guitar player, but he did play for Frank Zappa, David Lee Roth, and White Snake in the late 80s as well. So he did play in some killer groups as well. That's a pretty good resume. <laughs> and rounding out my list is the guy who nobody ever talks about, John Petrucci from. Dream Theater. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to go into a music break and come back with a little bit more. Chris, you got something to say here, Jared? Looks like you got something on your face you want to get off your chest a little bit. Uh, I was just going to say, Cam drops the mic. Let's get to some music. <laughs> All right, like you said, this is the NGP Radio Show with me, Corn Doggy Dog, Chris the Glen Entertainment, and Jerry O. Jared Burge. Like we said, we're going to play some music for you guys. Check us out at Entropy Show on Twitter or Corn Dog Productions. That's Corn D-O-double-G Productions at on SoundCloud. Up next, we're going to have a little metal for you guys. Here is new metal, BYOB, from System of a Down, right here on the Entropy Radio Show.
right we are back on the entropy show follow us at entropy show on twitter and corn dog that's corn d-o-double-g productions on soundcloud uh right there that was lamb of god from their 2006 masterpiece sacrament that was black in the cursed sun and now i think i'm gonna send it over to corn dog there for some sports what do you got? We're going to start off here with a little bit of NHL while I work on the beds here. Give me one second here, folks. Like I said before, this is the Entropy Radio Show. Follow us on Entropy, Ra- Entropy Show at Twitter and Corn Dog Productions on SoundCloud. As Chris probably already allowed to already. <laughs> in the first game last night of the Stanley Cup playoffs, Washington finally gets his first win in Columbus, winning 3-2 over the Columbus Blue Jackets in double overtime. Columbus still has a 2-1 lead. Game 4 last night wraps up in L.A. as Vegas takes a sweep over the L.A. Kings 1-0. Vegas wins, as I said, four games to nothing. Game 4 wow. last night, Winnipeg Jets beating the Minnesota Mild 2 to nothing as the Jets take a 3 to 1 lead as it moves back to Winnipeg. Obviously, Minnesota fans sour last night over the call on the or the I should say the no call on the cross check by Morrissey into uh Eric Stahl, but as all I'm going to say is this as a guy who watches a lot of hockey, I'm just going to say this one thing. Nobody gives a fuck. All right? You guys lost the game, all right? So you didn't, get a, you didn't get a penalty call, all right? Sorry. Was that still winning the game? You still lost by one. You never scored a goal. And just because you guys would have gotten a penalty doesn't mean you would have scored in the first place. You can't predict that. Give me a break. It didn't happen. Move out with yourself. Stop whining about a call. How about the fact your team is fucking sucks? How's that sound? <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, tell me how you really feel. As games going on today, as they come in order, 6 o'clock tonight at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, the Pittsburgh Penguins play the Philadelphia Flyers. Pittsburgh takes the lead 2-1 to in the series. Game 4 tonight also at the Rock Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, as the Devils take on the Lightning with the, De- with the Tampa Bay Lightning leading 2-1. to After their big win in Game 3, the Colorado Avalanche take on the Nashville Predators in the Pepsi Center in Denver. Nashville leads the series 2-1 to and also... Tonight, the late game, rounding up the top. Don't worry, guys. Go to bed. You're not going to miss anything. Shark Tank, San Jose. San Jose Sharks go to sweep the Anaheim Ducks. San Jose, like I said, up 3 nothing. Take it to the bank. San Jose is moving on after a night. Shout out Hunter Nelson. Big fan of the San Jose Sharks. Long time. As we move on now into the MLB last night, as again, one more game has been postponed today that makes it 25 now in the month of April. But as of last night, the Marlins trounce the New York Yankees 9-1 at home in the Bronx. Doesn't matter if it's Minnesota, Cleveland, or Puerto Rico. The Twins lose to the Cleveland Indians 6-1 in San Juan. The Nats, the Nats beat the, the Mets 5-2. Chris, stop messing with the GD microphone. <laughs> Just kidding, buddy. The Nationals beat the Mets 5-2 last night as the Cardinals also down the Cubs 5-3. And also last night as, hold on, i get my notes here really quick, like... The speed of a ninja. Patrick Coburn has a no-hitter going through seven innings as the Arizona Diamondbacks hold on to beat the San Francisco Giants 1-0. Shotani in his third start gets downed by the Red Sox, only pitching two innings and giving up three earned runs. The Red Sox win 10-1. Shout out to Luke Doves. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> the Houston Astros beat up on the Seattle Mariners 4-1. The LA Dodgers tra- uh, beat the San Diego Padres 7-3. The Blue Jays murdering the Royals 11-3 last night. The Tigers beating the Orioles 4-2. Colorado Rockies with a big win over the 
Pittsburgh Pirates 2 to nothing. The second doubleheader game between the Royals and Blue Jays. Blue Jays also take that game a lot closer this time. This time, 5-4 in 10 innings. Also last night was the Rangers versus the Rays. Texas Rangers get another win, their fifth of the year, over another terrible team, the Tampa Bay Rays. Phillies and the Braves, two teams that are both above 500 for some goddamn reason. The Phillies break open in the 10th, 5-1 over the Braves. And the Brewers beating the god-awful Cincinnati Reds 2-0, finishing out the night with the Athletics crushing the Chicago White Sox 10-2. That's all I got for sports today, guys. We're going to get back into the music with you with the song as I pull it up now. This is... Just kidding. Let me set this a is, beat to that. This is Keep Their Heads Ringing by Dr. Dre off the motion picture soundtrack of Friday. This has been the Entropy Radio Show. Follow us on Entropy, at Entropy Show on Twitter and Corn Dog. That's Corn D-O-double-G Productions on SoundCloud. No more listening to me talk about shit. Here you guys are. <laughs> yeah. What up? This is Dr. Dre. The party's going on. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Keep the heads ringing.
But I ain't no politician, no competition Sending all opposition to see a mortician I'm up front, never in the backdrop Step on stage and get faded just like a flat top Your rhyme sounds like you bought him and stop and go Dre came to wax you so just call me Mop and Glow Many try to but just can't rock with I'm 6'1", 225, a pure chocolate Your chances to jacking me a Slim G Cause I rock from summer to Santa comes down the chimney Ho, 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 and so as I continue to flow Cause yo, I'm just a fly Negro, so Check the flavor that I'm bringing The motherfucking D.R.E. I keep they motherfucking heads ringing Me? 
And my wrist is on overseas Rich nigga, you can talk to me I don't even understand how the fuck my plug talk Pick him up in the space cool, I don't let my plug walk You freak, I had to cut my other little bitch off 50k, you could come and book a nigga for a plug walk Alright, we are back here on the Entropy Show. I'm your co-host, Chris Glenn, aka the Glentertainment. You can find us at Entropy Show on Twitter or Corndog, that's Corn D-O-Double-G Productions on SoundCloud. And that right there was Rich the Kid with his gold-selling single, Plug Walk. It's a great, great song. Well, like you said, this is the Entropy Radio Show. I'm Corn Doggy Dog. This is Chris the Glentertainment. So we're going to keep it going here in our last segment. Like we said, we kind of run out of stuff to talk about. So we thought we'd do maybe just, you know, another Entropy Confessional. I love the name of this segment, too. It's like we're going to church and just, like, begging for forgiveness for our sins. So all you <laughs> listeners out there, please uh, just bestow upon us your good wishes. Hope we get into heaven. Don't kid yourself, man. We're never getting into heaven, ever, <laughs> in this lifetime, because we are so screwed from the things that we have done. This is why we're having this little thing. It's kind of our confessional, I guess. Some of the stuff we have in our deep memories, off our chests, whether we notice it or not. So today's confessional today is, at what point in your life did you know you wanted to be a rock star? <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one. I mean, you want to just kind of think about it? I'll tell you my story, because I know mine yeah. right away. Go ahead. As Jerry Otis comes back into the building right now, Jerry, you may have missed the question. But I, I heard it, and you know what else I saw? A guy drove by in a uh, roughly 2011 Dodge Challenger. His license plate said, One Bad Hammy. <laughs> <laughs> one Bad Hammy. Bad. It's better than the fucking. I had a couple <laughs> bad hemis throughout my life. <laughs> that was because of intense anal sex. <laughs> you you heard it here first, <coughs> folks. Entropy Literary Hour puns with Jerry Birch. Like we said, this is the Entropy Confessional. Today's subject is: When was the first time you knew you wanted to be a rock star? Cam, I believe you wanted to go first on this one. Okay, so I was in the seventh grade, and this time I was really into the band Guns N' Roses, the whole history and what they were doing, you know, <laughs> butt rock, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I don't care, they were kick ass. And we were sitting in class one day with my English teacher, shout out to Miss Johnson, and she asked us, and soon here in, in, in high school, when you go to high school, you have to learn what you're going to want to do with your life. And I sat there and thought to myself, you know what? I have no idea what I want to do in life other than be just like Cousin Roses. <laughs> <laughs> Going out, partying every single night, making like making everybody cheer your name in the crowd, playing music. 
going town to town and just living your life to the extreme fullest. At that point in my life, in seventh period, I realized <laughs> I wanted to be a fucking rock star. <laughs> See, mine, mine might have been a little bit earlier. Um, I, I always liked, you know, heavy metal and stuff growing up. And, you know, I, when I was in third grade, I had bought Metallica's The Black Album. When I was uh, at Walmart with my dad, and when I come home, my mom was fucking just furious that my dad <laughs> dad let me buy that with like my birthday money or whatever. And uh, you know, I was listening to that, and I was like, man, this stuff is sweet. And you know, I'd sit there and like jam out to music, and I had this little toy drum set that I'd bang on all the time. And like finally, when I was in fourth grade, my parents bought me a guitar, and I was like, that's it. I'm gonna be a fucking rock star. <laughs> But, you know, people would always ask me, like, what I wanted to be when I grow up. But, you know, I was always embarrassed, like, that I wanted to be a rock star. I was scared of what they would think, so I'd just say I didn't know. But I knew I knew when I got that blue Squire Strat, like, I was going to be a fucking rock star. I remember that thing, too, dude. You used to lock up in your room for hours at a time and just strum every song you could think of. What about you, Chris? When, when did you know that you wanted to be a rock star? Oh man, I don't know if there was ever like a specific point where I knew that I wanted to be a rock star, but I always knew, well okay actually I think I can bring it back to one point, Christmas in ninth grade. Uh, I'd been asking for a guitar for Christmas for so fucking long from both of my parents. And they were just like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get it for you and uh, maybe you can get some lessons and stuff, never happened. Finally, ninth grade, freshman year high school rolls around, and my dad gets me that cherry red Schecter. Name's Carmen. Yes, people name their guitars. Fuck off. Um, at that moment, like, I started strumming along to it. I learned a few songs in the first, like, five or six minutes that I had that guitar, and I knew that, like, it just came easy to me, and I knew that this is something that I see myself doing, because music is, like, the only thing that's ever made me feel totally at one with myself you know and once i started to learn how to play guitar i think that's when it kind of clicked for me like hey i'm i could actually do this yeah exactly like i like what those guys do it impacted me in a huge way i would like to contribute to that more so it can impact other people in a huge way it's like circular reasoning usually a bad thing but in this case i think it's all right Absolutely, man. These are all great stories. Like we said, this is the Entropy Confessional segment, and that's going to be the wrap on our show. We want to say thank you to everybody who came out tonight. Thank you, Chris and Jared, for joining us today in the show. It's been awesome hanging out with you guys all day. Always. Yes, sir. We're going to finish out by meddling out as hard as fucking possible like we like to do every once in our show. Even though we've already done it once, we're going to do it one more time because we got the metal group today, So and Luke's gone, so you can't bitch about it. So, <laughs> Oh, we're going to hear about <laughs> so it. So we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so here it is, guys, to finish our show out. We're going to have Fed to the Wolves by Misery Index off their album, Heirs oh, to Thievery, followed by <laughs> Serial Messiah by Cryptopsy. Like I said, this has been the Entropy Radio Show. Follow us at Entropy Show on Twitter or check our past episodes out on SoundCloud, followed by Corndog. Productions. That's Corn D O W G Productions on SoundCloud. Like I said, here it is. Fed to the Wolves Misery Index, right here on the Entropy Radio Show.
off me, you bastard! Why'd you ask for the Lord? 